Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Keith Radke with my good friend, Steve Pearson. Mm-hmm. Back together again. Got the band back together. <laughs> A <laughs> hey, reuniting tour. Reunion. That's right. Hey, that Q&A was awesome, man. Oh, thanks. That was great. Yeah. Heather, and, Heather and I had a, had some questions that came in, and so we just kind of we sat down, and yeah, it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, you're you're a pretty good host, man. Oh well, not as good as you, but I it's I'm I'm not good behind the buttons, but you know it, it was what it was. So well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad to be back together again. Hey, hey, one of the reasons why uh, Steve and I uh, weren't together is because we were preparing for a trip that we recently went on together uh, to Cuba, and uh, Steve just lives a little closer here <laughs> to the studio than I do. Um, but we went to uh, we went to Cuba, and wow, I. That that's the first thing I have to say about Cuba is wow. Yeah, um, and I think anybody who goes on a mission trip uh, to a place, especially a place that has some of the complexities and difficulties like like Cuba does, um, that is going to be your first response. Wow, for many different reasons. And uh, but what we wanted to do today and in our next episode is we wanted to talk about missions and and why it's so important for Christians to have a heart for missions. And it does not mean that everybody goes overseas. It doesn't mean everybody goes on a trip. But the attitude of missions is that multiplying the kingdom of God by sharing the gospel, making disciples, just fulfilling the great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, the end of Mark chapter 16. So we want to talk about that. Uh, but first, Pastor Steve, um, let's let's just kind of give a context to, to, to the Cuba trip and uh, and maybe each one of us just take a little bit of time to share uh, what spoke to us. And we'll, we'll kind of just focus on that personal aspect on this episode. And then the next episode, we just want to talk about, again, kind of the, the greater application for all of us mm-hmm. as followers of Christ to be mission-minded. So, um, so Steve, just kind of provide a little context for the listener on on why we went to Cuba, what, what the purpose of that trip was, and then we'll, we'll talk about kind of what we both gained and experienced there. Yeah, in, in, in Acts sixteen six, um, it says this. It says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they came up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bith, to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Christ did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, stepping out, um, you know, particularly in the context of, of doing mission work, it, it, it always has to be something that God inspires. Now, I, per- personally, I'll tell you this, Keith, there's God has worked in my life in, in, in a few different ways. There, there was a time when, when I really, when I, when I first started getting into ministry, I was very connected in the apologetic world, right? And, and I really didn't, 
I, I, I wanted to start a church one day, but I was kind of like, yeah, you know, all the aspects of youth ministry and children's ministry and all that other stuff, I really didn't have a heart for. And then God let me become a youth pastor for five years. And I realized, oh, my word, when we start a church, we need we need a vibrant youth ministry. Right. It really wasn't on my heart. And then God kind of brought me there, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then a number of years back, I had a little bit of time inside of a children's ministry. And I realized, oh, my word, we need to have a vibrant children's ministry. But one of the things I never had a heart for is foreign missions. You know, I just thought— uh, I just want to preach the gospel at home. There's there's enough enough unsaved people here, right? So why do I want to travel around the world to do this? Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have a heart at all for for missions. And then and then just recently, you know, in the last six months, you know, through some connections, there was hey, you know, we, we we're gonna we're gonna take this trip to Cuba. And I thought, well, you know, I don't know why, but I kind of feel kind of drawn to at least take this trip, you know. And, and it was. This supernatural leading, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like God showed up in a vision and said, hey, come. But it was supernatural in the sense that God was oppressing upon my heart saying, go here. You know, the, the, the time in the past had not come where I was really interested but now it was. And so, and so we agreed, you know, we, we, we went on the trip and I'll tell you what, you know, for me now having come back, I see this in full body form where it's like, Come over and help us, right? Mm, because that yeah. really was the cry yes, was. of the Cuban people and the Cuban pastors when we saw it. It's like, hey, we don't want your money. We want you. Would mm-hmm. you guys come and help us? And so for me, it was an eye-opening experience in that just like when I was a youth pastor and I realized I need to have this and a children's ministry worker, we need to have this. Now, Real, I realized recently Oh, my word, though I don't have to go all around the world, we need a missions department because there are people that are calling for help. And and it's incumbent upon us to step outside of ourselves and to meet those needs as much as we can. And so it was an eye-opening experience for me personally because it really introduced missions into our church. Yeah. I know for me personally what it showed me is that just as you communicated, these pastors are saying, we don't want your money, we don't want your resources, we want you— that is the same challenge for us in ministry here in the United States is that when you're serving the Lord in your own community mission context, as a church planter, as a pastor, as a church leader, you know, there can be some very lonely seasons um, in, in the ministry, and you can have lots of great people around you, people who love you, pray for you, support you, but there are just some things that, that you you only can really you know, pour out your heart about to another pastor, to another church leader, to somebody who's familiar with your context. And that, to me, was one of the biggest rewards of going to Cuba is meeting with like-minded pastors, like-minded mm-hmm. church leaders who just said, thank you for coming and asking how we're doing, because that was a lot of what we did. There was no formal gatherings. There were no church services. There was no, you know, a lot of times you think of missions, you think of street evangelism, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Because of the context there, there was none of that. It was just making new friends. It was building relationships and hearing the hearts of men and women alike who have been serving their whole life. Cuba's yeah. all they know, and and there was no um, there was no sense of of acceptance on their part that people on the outside were with them, were could understand where they were coming from. And and this trip with at least the people we connected with, especially for some in our team who were returning for the second time. Um, and, and, and one, you know, has been there multiple times to, to see people returning and, yeah. and following through that, Hey, we are here for you. Like there is work mm. to be done and you're doing it, yeah. but, but, but we're here for you. That's what we're committed to. We're committed 
to connect and to build friendships, to build relationships, to have a pipeline for prayer, to have a pipeline um, for encouragement. You know what this reminded me of, Keith? Yeah. When when Paul and Barnabas had a falling out, it says there in Acts 15 that that Paul sought out um, Silas, Mm -hmm. and that when when those two got together— um, they went through, it says in, in Acts 15, 41, they went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Yes. It, 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 where, it was a bizarre trip for me because like a typical mission trip, you'd think, okay, we'll be working, we'll be doing this, we'll be doing that. It really was that. It was us going there and strengthening the church. As you know, there was one profound day where, where we had a number of pastors and their wives together that they'd known each other. But they hadn't gotten together in 12 years. Yeah. And, and we're all sitting there and we ask a question. And before you know it, there's this two and a half hour interaction. And when it's over, they're encouraging one another. Right. And the word we got back from them was, and even as much as the debrief meeting um, two, two days ago when we, were, when we were talking about it, they gave word back and said, we have never had that done. Wow. We just have never had that done. You guys gave to us your lives and, and you opened up something between us where we're encouraging one another. We strengthened the churches, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and there's something special about about that apostolic call in the in the first century where where it wasn't, hey, we're going to go build. And there's nothing wrong with building churches or, or doing different projects, but there's something about building the spiritual, you know, framework yeah. or strengthening the spiritual framework of the leaders that was just profound on this trip and it was it was it was life-changing right there was an affirmation that took place you know paul when he was talking to timothy about you know exercising the gift that was given to him by the laying on of hands you know that is something that people they need they need that physical you know interaction they need that face-to-face they need to have some affirmation that hey this is what we understand to be god's call in our life and we're struggling with it you know what? What can you provide to us? And we're saying, yeah, keep going. You're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know this. This is definitely a you know, God's anointing upon you. And I think so many of those men and women, they didn't need to be told that they were, you know, how to do ministry per se. They just needed to be assured and reminded that they, as they serve the Lord, they're honoring the Lord. They're doing good. Keep going. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. And and I know for me, when when I was was I spent a lot of time listening. You know, I'm a talker, obviously. I spent a lot of time listening, and I was just amazed at just how how much they need as much as we do just to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. And just as you said from there from Acts 15, to be strengthened, you know, through that encouragement. Because, again, loneliness is a reality in any work. You can be a Sunday school teacher. You can be a mom at home. You can be you know, a Christian working in an environment where you're the only believer. You know, living for Jesus can be very lonely at times, and that's why we need to gather together. That's why we need to do church together. That's why we need to share in life together. But in that loneliness, you know, there's a temptation to just give up or to isolate ourselves or or to even adopt some ideas that can be very unhealthy, you know, just like, well, I'm going to be alone. Nobody else is going to go with me. Nobody can tell me what to do. You know, it becomes... Mm -hmm you know, this, this unhealthy isolation. And so, you know, there are, there are reasons why what we would call missions in Cuba is very different than, than other places that are more open to Christianity. And because of their, their governmental structure there, it, 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 it it prevents some challenges Mm. and it prevents, um, it prevents certain things that we would consider normal to a mission strip from happening. Um, But it doesn't mean that the gospel is limited. And it doesn't mean that the, the Christian church there 
is is not thriving because it is mm. and it's thriving in ways that would put many of our you know I'll just say it many of our big budget efforts here in the United States to shame yeah because you know here's all this money and all this people and all these resources and and it basically a you know a blank slate and a open door you know you can set up in any community you can set up in parks you can set up in venues movie theaters you can rent out movie theaters and you know there's so many things you can do here and there like with all their limitations the gospel's going forward they're saying that 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 there's been over what was it over 2 million somewhere somewhere between yeah, 1 and a half like to 2 that. million people in the last 10 plus years maybe 10 to 15 years that have come to faith in Christ in Cuba wow in a 13 million person country wow you know, and so you, you you have you have a significant what we would term in the United States revival taking place there. Yeah. In conditions that don't warrant a revival, hmm. in conditions where it doesn't seem like it's conducive for the gospel, there's so many obstacles. Yeah. And yet the gospel is thriving, and the church is thriving, and what hmm. our brothers and sisters in Cuba need to know is that they're not alone. What I'd like to know, Keith, is what was your personal experience that that was the most eye-opening to you, you know? Maybe we can talk about yeah. that on the other side of the break. Just just this idea of like, okay, I didn't expect this, but this is what I saw, and, and this really clicked in my head. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Let's take a break, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. I think what really opened my eyes in Cuba was seeing the smallness of my own vision for what can be done when people simply commit their lives to Christ, to serve him. We, you and I both personally, and I'm sure there's those listening as church planters, you know, we, we've gone through years of preparation and planning and raising funds and building a team and launching a church and, and doing all those things. And, and we can be discouraged by our own limitations but what happened to me when I was there is that I was reminded that it does not take money. It does not take resources. Mm. It takes a commitment to the calling. And here you have brothers and sisters who are resilient in their commitment to what God has called them to do. And even in, in areas where they're still trying to figure out what that looks like, like how that actually plays out. They're committed to one thing. I am called to serve the Lord. You know, there was a young man there that we met who, you know, everybody kind of made an assumption that he was a pastor, and he wasn't, <laughs> at least not ordained. And that was a, a great trip for us to say, you know, there is a there is a definite anointing visible in your life. The way mm-hmm. that he interacted with people, his heart and his concern that it was very, you know, shepherd like. And mm-hmm. so I think um, being able to affirm that in him and to encourage that in him uh, was a huge blessing to me. And where I back, you know, back this way, I think, well, do you have a church to uh, ordain you? Do you, you know, what about, what about a degree? What about a training? Mm. You know, what about blah, blah, blah. And here's this guy, he's just doing it. Mm. He's just serving people in a, in a pastoral way. And, and to just lay hands on him, you know, and say, Hey, God has called you. It's clear Mm. that you, you have a calling. And for him to be encouraged by that, I think, I think for me, that 
that commitment to the calling means that everything else is secondary. We're not going to we're not going to limit God because we're limited in resources. We're not going to limit God because people's hearts are hard. We're not going to limit God because you know our team comes and goes, or the dynamics of those serving alongside of us changes. You know, do they provide discouragements at time? Absolutely, but those those are not deal breakers. Right. Those are not the things that shut down God's work. Matter of fact, nothing really can shut down God's work. Even if I were to blow it, you were to blow it in 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 ministry or just quit, the gospel would go on. But, right. the, but the commitment to the calling is what keeps us enjoying you know, watching God work in people's lives. And so to me, that was the biggest eye-opening thing for me. Hmm. And, and it really taught me. It taught me like to come back to the United States and to serve with joy, hmm. to serve with, with a reminder of that commitment that I've made to God. You know, God, you called me. You know, you placed me in the ministry. So I'm going to be committed to you hmm. on that. And, and when I doubt that, I'll just go back to it. God, right. you called me, so I'm going to hold on to that. That's right. What about you, That's Steve? Right. Um, for me, there's no question. Um, Revelation 3, 7, it says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these words of him who is holy and true, who holds the keys of David. What he opens, mm. no one can shut. Yes. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you not denied my name. Mm. There, there was a point on the trip where, where we were... We were at this, um, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier that the government there is very oppressive, right? And 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 they really hold, they kind of hold everyone in check, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and so there's, a, there's very limited freedoms, even amongst the recognized religions there, right? And so there was a point on the trip where we were at, um, we were at this underground, you could call it printing press, right? And, and we were, we were loading books into a truck to be taken to be taken out and distributed gospel material to be distributed to people to go through. And as, as we were doing that, um, it, it occurred to me, I was just kind of sitting there watching this, this assembly line of people loading these books into the back of this truck. And, and I asked the guy sitting next to me, I go like, like what would happen if the government knew about this place? He said they would come in, they would arrest people and they'd burn, burn, they'd burn it down. And I just, and I thought to myself, man, you know, God opens doors that no one can shut, that the government can't shut, that nobody can keep God from doing what he wants to do, you know, and here we are, you know, God finds a printing press, he finds a little hole in the wall, and we're sending stuff out. And I just thought to myself, Lord, you truly will not be stopped. You will Mm. spread the gospel to the ends of the world even if you usurp the authority of men in the process of doing it, you know, and it just gave me this much wider view of how powerful the gospel is in going out into the world. And, and that when you have God on your side, it really doesn't matter what man can do. I mean, Mm. we would never think of that in this country, right? I mean, we've got so many freedoms, but, but here they are. And it's like that scripture that says, Hey, don't fear him who could kill the body, but fear him who, after he kills the body, he could throw the soul into hell. Right. There's a greater fear of what God is or who God is, and that should motivate you to obey and do whatever his spirit's leading you to do, even if it means that you're usurping the authority of man in obeying God, right? And and I just had this experience like, 
God, thank you that not only in this place, but definitely in other places in, in Korea or North Korea, in, in the Middle Eastern countries, your gospel is going out right. no matter what man tries to do. When they tried to lock the apostles up, God just opened the door. He said, right. go back out and right. preach. I'll, I'll take care of I'll, I'll take care of what leaders try and do to stop the gospel. You just be faithful. And that was just an eye-opening experience for me. That's really good, and I, I think that was definitely demonstrated in the lives of the people that we interacted with. We got to, to get to know them, learn about their ministries, how they became you know born again, how they ended up in ministry, um, just to see the faithfulness to God. Hmm. Like that, to me, that commitment, that faithfulness, is what we should all be striving for. And hmm. and, and I, I would encourage people this, and we'll talk more about this in our next episode. If you're considering going on a missions trip and you never have, I would make sure which I was very thankful for in this trip, that you know what the agenda is. And I'm not talking about the activities. I'm talking about the agenda. Like, what is our purpose for this trip? Is it just for a photo op? Is it just to go and say we went on a missions trip? Or is it to go for a purpose? In this case, ours was to strengthen church leaders by getting to know them and by building bridges of communication. There was no other agenda to that. Some may be very evangelistic. And so there's there's that level of preparation that goes into it, and there's that level of attention. There's been a lot of missions trips that have been, you know, derailed from their purpose because people went with a little bit more of a tourist mindset, hmm. right? Or, or, or they went with maybe more of an aggressive attitude towards, you know, we got to win souls and we got to, we got to confront the local religion or those kind of things. So I would just make sure that when you're planning this mission trip that you're going to go on, if if you're listening and that's you, that you make sure you understand what the purpose of that trip is. That there is unity in that mindset. You know, we went with somebody who's been there once before who went there for the first time with someone who's been there many times. And this person that took us, that has been going with us many times, she knows culture. She understands some of the the social and political implications. She understands some of the linguistic differences between Cuba and maybe some other Latin countries. And so we were there with an understanding that whatever our guide says goes. Mm. And what a great way to illustrate our journey following the Lord, like whatever the yeah. Holy Spirit says goes. Mm. And so we had to be sensitive to listen to and to be aware of the cues of the person who is leading us that, hey, this is why we're here. This is who we're talking to. This is where we need to stay on message. And this is where we need to keep our mouth shut and our eyes open and our ears open and, and just to take in the information. So I'd really encourage you, if you're already planning something like that, that it's really important to know the purpose. What is the ultimate purpose? Like if we walk, when we finish this trip and we leave, we say we accomplish that purpose. And I really feel for us in Cuba, we did. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm talking on, on different, uh, different uh, tools uh, with a couple of the people I connected with. And, and I know you are too, Steve. And we were already hearing some great reports just like you did. And we're looking forward to going back. And I will ask that you would pray with us on that, and that you would pray too, that God would show you where he is calling you to be on mission for the gospel. And on our next show, we're going to talk about that. Pastor Steve, one last just quick takeaway from our trip in Cuba. I think you need to be open to what God wants to do when he calls you to do something. Don't go with an agenda. Just go with a heart that says, Lord, what do you want to show me? Yes. And, and and when I went on this trip, it was that it was, I, I prayed for it, but not a ton beforehand. Cause I just, and you know, I wasn't knowing what to expect. I was yeah. just like, yeah. God, show me what you want to show me. And in that God has shown us that our church will be involved yeah. um, with Cuba and likely 
many other things in in, in the future as he permits. But that was the eye-opening experience for me was there's a bigger world out there than what's around you. And there's so much that you can do in sharing the gospel and encouraging people. And so we were, we were so blessed to be a part of it. And you, you, you and I had some fun on that trip as yes, well. We so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited. And they got great coffee out in Cuba. Yes, they that. do. You should try it. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you. We look forward to being with you in the next episode of Shouts of Grace Radio as we talk more about having a missions mindset. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is a joint outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 